Okay, welcome to another week of Ramban Ala Parsha. This is a, a special week. It's a special week because it's amazing, amazing Rambans and it's an amazing Parsha, although that's probably true of everyone, of every Parsha. Obviously, we're still davening and learning Bishos and the Nishmas, those who have fallen, those who have been taken captive, and those who are about to fight. Also, on a personal level, my daughter just gave birth a few hours ago, so we had a grandson. And, you know, even in times of tragedy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu smiles on us and may this be the first sign of his return to our lives and not just a great thing for my family, but a great thing for, for Am Yisrael going forward in a time of smachot, God willing, in the future. Okay, um, I'd like to do a bunch of Rambans, but really surrounding three themes. The first is what we refer to colloquially as Maaseh Avot Siman Labanim, a really, really important idea in the Ramban, and one that he thinks that without, you can't possibly learn Sefer Bracious. Um, the next is sort of this idea of Shema Yigrom Hachet, that when God makes a promise to us, every promise is contingent. Meaning, if we do it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised us Eretz Yisrael. He promised us Eretz Yisrael, contingent on the fact that we keep the Torah. So, it's possible that God promises things to us and they don't happen if we don't keep our word. That's the second theme of the Ramadan. And the third is the overall theme of the marriage of Avraham and Sarah. And I'll just tell you, you know, or Avram and Sarai, and the Ramban thought that they had a real marriage and a real relationship and a real love. And the story with Hagar and Yishmael at the end of the Parsha, even in the Ramban, serves to emphasize that. Okay, but let's start at the very beginning. In Parshas Lech Lecha, the Pasuk says in the beginning of the Parsha, Vayavor Avram Ba'aretz Ad Mekom Shechem Ad Elon Moreh Vahakinani Az Ba'aretz. And okay, we're from people, we read the Parsha, and we think, okay, th- those must be important facts. But the Ramban says, but like, who cares? It's, it's boring. There are so many details. Does it really matter that Avram lived here and Avram lived there? And, you know, all these things, there must be a reason for them. And says the Ramban in Pasuk Vav of Perak Yudbet, Vayavor Avram Ba'aretz Ad Makom Shechem, Omar Lechal Klal, I'll give you a rule, Tavin Oto Bechala Parshiot Habaot Binyan Avraham Yitzchak V'Yaakov. And you'll apply it in all the parshas that are coming to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. You should just know the Ramban thinks the rule of Ma'aseh Avot Siman Lavanim only applies to the Avot. Okay? Vu inyan gadol, it's a big thing. He's kiwu rabotenu b'derek kitzarava amru. People call it kol ma sheira laavot siman lebanim. Everything that happened to the avot is a siman. I'm not translating that word labanim yet. V'lachen yarichu aktuvim b'sipur hamasaot v'chafirot habeirot u'shar hamikrim. Therefore, the Torah spends a lot of time giving us details of Avram's travels and where he dug wells and things like that, which seem, sorry to use the word, boring, but they're important. And a reader of the Torah could think, what's the point? This is boring. Who needs his details? Says Raman, no. Every one of them comes to teach you about the future. Because when something happens to one of the avot, yit bonein mimenu hadavar hanigzar lavo lizaro. From that, from that event, the world is such 
that it designates that event to be something that will happen to their children. So often you hear, you know, like it's a type of foreshadowing. I don't think that's what the Ramban means. In fact, the Ramban in his introduction to Sefer Shmot, when he references Sefer Breshit, he says, meaning for the Ramban, who was one of the greatest Kabbalists ever, there are multiple universes. And what happens in one world, or what happens in the inner world, sort of affects the outer world. And so it's hard for me to explain the metaphysics. I'm not sure that I really understand them either. But the idea is, when Avram Avinu does something, something in the world changes so that that thing is more likely or is just likely to happen to his children. It's hard to explain why, but the Ramban believes it deeply. And he's going to try to explain it to you. And he says a related point. He says, Vida, ki kog zeirat irin, all decrees on high, ka'asheh teitzei mikach gizeirah el po'al dimyon, when they change from something in potential to something in actual, Right when I mentioned at the beginning of the year that there are zerot of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that don't come true because we don't keep our our part of the bargain, that's talking generally. But says the Ramban, it's possible to turn a potential zerah into something actual by taking a symbolic act. Vilachen yaasu hanivim maasei binuvuot. Right? The Ramban says, Nevi'im often, God makes a promise to them, and they take a symbolic action. And the symbolic action sort of turns the promise of God from something in potential to something in actual. Not really in actual, so Yirmiyah tells, tells the scribe to write down the story of Bavel, that eventually Bavel will fail. And then he tells him, take the book, you just wrote it down, and tie a rack to it and throw it into Nahar Prat. And just like your book will sink, so will Bavel sink. It's a symbolic action that basically concretizes God's promise. Similarly, Elisha goes to Yoash. And says, God says that Aram will be destroyed. Now shoot this arrow. Vayomer Elisha, Yaro, Vayar. Vayomer, Chetz Tishua, Lashem, Vechetz Tishua, Baram. Okay, great. Just like this fake arrow that you just shot lands in wherever it lands, so too Aram will be shot through. Vinemasham, Vayitzof, Alav Ishar, Lokim, Vayomer, Lahakot, Chamesh, Oshesh, Pamim, Az Hikita, Et Aram, Ad Kale. Okay, so he says the situation with Elisha, he told him to shoot arrows, but the king only shot three arrows. And Elisha gets angry at him because he said, had you shot six arrows, God would have destroyed Aram completely. But since he only shot three, so Aram will be slowed down, will be hurt, but it won't be the end of them. Again, Elisha takes really, really seriously the symbolic nature of the action and wants you to do it in a way, again, you're talking about the future. It's hundreds of years in the future, but it doesn't matter, okay? So the Ramban has two ideas which are related. 
One is ma'asevot siman labanim, seriously, not foreshadowing. When the avos do something, the world becomes such that it's overwhelmingly likely, or even a certainty, it's hard, it's hard to tell in the Ramban, that that thing will happen to their children. One of the ways you can make a gzeirah v'akadosh a potential gzeirah, into an actual one, is by taking symbolic action right now, which sort of locks in that gzeirah. And therefore, says the Ramban, ulfikach, hechazik ha-kadosh Avraham ba'aretz, God put Avraham in Eretz Kinan, v'asolo dimyonot b'chol ha'atid, and he says, and God made symbolic actions. When Avraham traveled from place to place, he was in Ki'ilu conquering those places. I, we're going to go to Mitzrayim, we're going to leave Eretz, and it doesn't really matter historically. No, on some level, Avraham's actions, when he dug a well, when he built a home, when he built a Mizbeach, those things were determining the future. And the Raman takes it seriously. Okay, now he's going to try to explain what these things really mean. And the most, the, the, the example that stands out the most is Pasuk Yud. Pasuk Yud on its face looks like part of the regular story. Right? What does Pasuk Yud say? The Torah says there was a famine. And Avraham had to go down to Mitzrayim because of the famine, right? The Torah doesn't really tell you if it's a good idea or a bad idea, if God was testing Avraham or not, right? The Torah doesn't really emphasize the test. But says the Ramban, Hine, Avraham yarad lagursham So the first thing is, there was a famine and Avraham had to go down to Mitzrayim in order to support himself and his family. And the Egyptians were cruel and mean to him. Chinam, for no reason. They took Sarah. And God took his revenge on them with great nigaim, or what we might call later on, with great makot. And when Avraham left, when God redeemed him from Egypt, he left with great wealth. And he didn't leave by himself. Paro sent people to accompany him. If you didn't get it, says the Ramban, it's a hint to the future. What's the future? Yaakov Avinu in the future is going to take his family because of a famine to live in Egypt. And the Egyptians will be mean to us. Just an open parens, a side point. The Ramban thinks that when the Mitzrim said, the plan was to take the Jewish women, which they did. And so says the Ramban, just like Paro took Sarah, the Egyptians took the Jewish women. Next, end of parens. And God is obviously going to avenge himself on the, the Egyptians with ten makot. Until we leave, 
with great wealth. That's exactly what happened. It's not only did we leave, they accompanied us. They sent us out. They were desperate for us to leave. During Makas Bechoros, the Egyptians were dying. They were dying, says the Ramban as a kind of summary. Lo nafal davar mikol ha'av shelo Every single thing that happened to Avram Avinu happened to his children, happened to us. Ma'aseavot yitzira libanim. I said this idea is in the Medrash. Etc., etc. Okay, so the first thing is, you know, the Ramban takes it really, really seriously. The, Avram did it, so we had to do it. But continues the Ramban, and this is a very, very famous piece. Vida, ki Avraham avinu chata chet gadol bishgaga. Says the Ramban, Avraham going down to Mitzrayim was a mistake. It was a mistake, Bishkaga, but it was a mistake. Shehevi ishtoat sadeket bimichshol avon bipachat pachdo pen yarguhu. Right? Avram was afraid of being killed. So he said Sarah was his sister, and he put Sarah in danger. Vahayalo livtoach bashem sheyatzilo tove et ishtove et kolashalo. He had to trust in God. This is a big machlokas harishonim, you know, in terms of hishtadlus. Right? There's a famine. Should I just wait for God to save me? Or should I take care of my family? Says the Ramban, no. If you're Avram Avinu, you're supposed to wait for God to take care of you. Why? Because God can do it. Avram Avinu, says the Ramban, was not a regular guy. God would have saved him, and it was a mistake for him to go down to Mitzrayim. And it was a sin for him to put Sarah in danger. Gam it's just leaving Eretz Yisrael. Leaving Israel was also a sin. Okay, because God will redeem us from all of our, from, from death. And the Raman says a shocking thing. Because of this sin, we had to suffer in Egypt later on. Yaakov's children, the whole Golos Mitzrayim, says the Raman, was the result of this sin. Now, does he mean it literally? It's hard to know, right? Brit bin Abitarim, Yodoa Teidak, Yigeri right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu made that promise to us. And that's part of who we are. It's a little hard to know. But what's, what's clear to know is the Ramban takes a position vis-a-vis the Avot. And he doesn't do it all the time, and it's probably a little bit blown out of proportion. But when the question is, what do we learn from the Avot? What are the stories of the Avot? So the Ramban is saying, the Avot were human beings. They weren't Malachim. It's true, Avram Avinu was so much better and so much greater than, than me, than maybe than any of us. But he was still a human being, and he could still sin. It was Bishogeg, but he could make a mistake. And when we read stories in Sefer Breshit, you know, for the Ramban, people in Sefer Breshit are in 3D. They're not in 2D. 
it's not just, you know, black and white, tzaddik and rasha. Tzaddikim, the greatest tzaddikim, Avram Avinu, can make mistakes. And the greatest rishaim can also do something good. It's much more nuanced. In Rashi, and I don't say this as a criticism, in Rashi, you know, it's 2D. Tzaddik, Russia, good, bad. But in the Ramban, it's much more subtle. Now, just to make a point, Rav Meidan says this many times. It's not our job to look for flaws in the Avot. And he says this, even though we don't, we don't realize, he said, Chazal did that for us. But being open to and understanding that the fact that you're Avram Avinu doesn't mean that you're infallible, that, that I think is an important point. And so something important when we learn in Tanakh. You know, we don't have to look for flaws. But the greatest people can sin bishogeg. Not only that, says the Ramban, the greatest people can cause their descendants to go down to Mitzrayim, which seems slightly unfair that we would have to go to Mitzrayim because of a sin bishogeg of Avon Ravinu, but that's what the Ramban says. Okay, let's go quickly to the second topic. Um, Perek Tezvav, Pasuk Bet. Oh, we'll start reading from Pasuk Aleph. This is the introduction to the Brisbane Absarim. HaKadosh Baruch who comes to Avram Avinu, tells him, don't worry. He says, HaKadosh Baruch you give me all the wealth in the world. I have no children. All I have is Eliezer, who takes care of my house, right? The, the idea being, you know, what's the point of anything without children? So we'll just read a portion of this Ramban. He says, You should ask the following question. It seems obvious. God had already promised Avraham children. How could Avram say to God now, I have no children? But God told him he would have children. Why would Avram Avinu believe in this promise if he didn't believe in the first promise? God already promised Avram children. And now Avram's saying to God, but I have no children. And God says to him, okay, but you're going to have children. What's the difference between the two promises? Says the Ramban, and this comes up a number of times in Bracious, and it's, imp- and it's important. Vahatshuva. Ki hatsadikim lo ya'aminu ba'atzmam bechetam bishgaga. Righteous people doubt themselves. I don't know if it's human nature. I'd like to think that it is. But righteous people think it's, you know, God promised me this, but as I mentioned at the beginning, but God's promises require me to be a certain way. And Avram thinks to himself, maybe I sinned. Maybe since God promised me children, but I didn't have children, it's because I didn't live up to my part of the bargain. Again, it would, even, it would be bishogeg, but nevertheless, it would be a sin. And God's told us, right? The story of Ninveh with Yonah, right? No, it's not. They're going to do tshuva. It's going to be saved. When God makes a he allows for people 
to turn that gzera around. And just like people can do tshuva, and we tell those stories, and we're grateful for those stories, the Ramban says it could be the opposite. People are not good enough, and then the story doesn't come true. Avram thought the reason must be because I sinned. What's the possible sins that Avram may have, may have committed? So he thinks, well, I, just, I, I was just part of a world war. War the Avram was part of that. I must have killed innocent people during that war. Maybe that's my sin. are always worried. This relates to, um, we're not going to have time to do it, but the idea that, well, if we had to go down to Mitzrayim, why are the Egyptians being punished? Right? So there's a famous answer of the Rambam, which the Ramban disagrees with, which, which is, well, God said that we were, but he didn't say who was going to do it. So when the Egyptians did it, you know, that was a problem for the Egyptians. And that's why they were punished. The Ramban thinks not. The Ramban thinks, you know, if God makes a gzera, everybody should want to do it. But the fact is the Egyptians overstepped. And they were meaner than, God never said, the Egyptians did that on their own. The Egyptians tortured the Jews and treated them in a way not just the way that God was gozer, that we would be slaves, but in a much worse way than that, and that's why they were punished. Okay, let's do the last, the last Raman I want to do today. It's not very long, but it, it, it's very powerful. The Torah tells us that Avram had no children, and Sarah came to him with this idea. What was the idea? The idea was that he should marry Hagar. Okay, and says the Torah, "V'sarai eishes Avram lo yaled alo v'la shivcha mitzvus u'shmas Hagar v'atomer sarai al Avram hinei na atzarei Hashem miledet bo noel shivchati ulai ibanem imena v'yishma Avram lekol sarai." The Rambam is medaktek in v'yishma Avram lekol sarai. Lo amar katu v'yaskein. It doesn't say that Avram liked the idea, wanted to do the idea, and did it. Right? Avraham did it because his wife, Sarah, told him to. Yirmoz. It hints to the following point. Even though Avraham desperately wanted children, he didn't do it. He didn't take Hagar without his wife's permission. Not only that, Gamata. Even now, says the Raman, he didn't want to have children through Hagar. Avraham wanted to fulfill Sarah's wishes and eventually have a child with Sarah, as happened. Let's say Hagar gives birth. Sar would feel good about that because she would have been responsible for that relationship. Oh, or as a reward for Sarah giving 
Hagar to Avraham, Sarah would marry children. Right? It's hard to know in the end if that's the merit that gave Sarah Yitzchak. It's hard to know. The Rabban hints at it. Kedivi Rabbuteinu. Now, Va'amarod says Rabban another point. Vatikach Sarai lahodia shalomiher Avram ledavar. Right? It's not like Avram said great and went off to Hagar. Avram did nothing about it. Sarah had to bring Hagar to Avraham. It was all Sarah. Right? And another, another really great deal that the Ramban makes. The Torah refers to Sarai as Eshet Avram. Now, we know that Sarai was Eshet Avram. The Torah has told us that before. The Torah also told us the whole story in Mitzrayim of Avraham saying about Sarah, right? And now the Rabban saying, why does the Torah describe her as Eshet Avram? Lirmoz ki Sarah lo nit ya'asha me'avram v'lo hirchika atzmo me'etzla ki hi ishto v'hu isha. Says the Ramban, you might get the idea from the story that Sarah really stopped being Avram's wife. And that Hagar stepped into our place. Says Rahman, absolutely not. The Torah emphasizes that Sarah was Avraham's wife and Avraham was Sarah's husband. For real. And the sense between the lines you get in the Ramban is that they had a relationship and they shared a life and they worked together. Right? The Medrash says, you know, Avraham Anashim, Anashim. They had a joint mission in life. And Sarah wasn't just somebody who Avraham was married to, Sarah was his wife. Which, of course, makes us go back to the story of, of Mitzrayim, where the Ramban says that Avram sinned Bishgaga when he told Sarah, when he told Parah that Sarah was his sister. We have to re examine that. Because you might think that Avram was acting disrespectfully to Sarah because they really didn't have a relationship. She was just the person he married. But here the Ramban, and, and he, sees, he does this many, many times, the Ramban sees people you know, in a way that we, we may be afraid to. I think the Ramban closes his eyes and imagines what's the relationship of Avraham and Sarah. And he looks in the Psukim and he sees it's a real relationship and it's a real sacrifice. So what happened? But despite that, Sarah wanted Hagar to be his real wife. Why? He want, she wanted Avram not to have a pilegesh, not to have a concubine, to have a real wife. That's respectful to Avraham. All this is to point out how great Sarah was and the respect she had for her husband. This is said by the Ramban despite the fact that later on, when the Torah says, when she was mean to Hagar, and Hagar ran and ran away, the Ramban there is going to say, but it doesn't matter, and this is the point I made before. The Ramban can see Sarah as a huge tzadikas, as a person who is willing to sacrifice for her husband, as a person who is willing to make all the sacrifices in the world, and as a person who, was, who sinned bishogeg. It could happen. People are people, even if they're much, much greater people than you and I. Okay, so we did really three things today. The first is ma'aseavot yitzira lebanim, how that works in the Ramban's in the Ramban's telling. And again, 
it's not just a foreshadowing. It's something metaphysically much more powerful than that. We talked about um, we talked about God's promises, right, and the need to concretize them and take symbolic actions to make sure that they come true. Um, and finally, we talked about the relationship of Avraham and Sarah as it being a real marriage, as it being you know, real respect between two people and the sacrifice that Sarah made for this to continue even though she was introducing Hagar as Avraham's new wife. She still wanted to be his wife and they still planned to have children together. Shabbat Shalom and see you next week. Shabbat.